Hi, I'm Meredith. Hi, I'm Joseph, and you are listening to Are You Waiting for Permission? It's a podcast for those who don't want to wait any longer. Good morning, good morning, Meredith. I was thinking this morning that one of my favorite hours of the entire week is when we do this podcast. I know, I look forward to it. Because what I also, I look forward to it because I look forward to meeting our guests. And I always feel that it's a wonderful way, even though it's a Tuesday, it's still the beginning of the week. And it just helps me ride the rest of the week in this really inspired way. And it really influences my work and how I, how I can better serve my own clients. And so I really, really find it so joyful to be able to have this opportunity every week. Mm, and how lucky are we with the guests that we have, right? Holy moly, I know. Joseph, can you do an introduction for us? Because she's sitting here staring at us right now. <laughs> <laughs> she is, she is. Her name is Lisa Tayir, and she's a licensed therapist, host of her own podcast, All Things Therapy, which has been happening for years and years. She's the author of The Chiron Effect. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness, which was endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. She is also a glass artist and into yoga and into helping heal the world and I would like to say good morning to you, Lisa. Hello, hello. Good morning, Joseph. Good morning, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me on. Are you waiting for permission? I'm so stoked to be with you all. Oh, my goodness. We are so happy to have you here, too. And I cannot wait to dig into all of these amazing things that you have given yourself permission to do. And I love your cat. Thank Listeners, you. This is Smells. Smells is a beautiful, yes. large cat. She's a beautiful calico. Beautiful. I love it. I'm a big cat person myself. She loves being in all the interviews and therapy sessions. So I'm not surprised she's here with us this morning. Oh, so I want to start with Lisa. When you were a young woman or a little girl, was there a superpower that you wished that you had? And if so, what was it? Oh, that's such a good question, Joseph. You know, I, I loved I love the Wonder Twins. When I watched cartoons growing up and the wonder they had the two rings, like Wonder mm -hmm. Twins, and they'd like put their rings together. Yes. Like you're we could totally do it right now. Do you want to do Wonder Twins activate? We can do yeah, it right do now it. on the count of three. One, two, three. Wonder Twins activate. activate. <laughs> and they'd say like forma, blah, 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 shape a blah, blah, blah. And I remember right. I would love that. I'm a Gemini. And somehow I thought of kind of both parts of me, you know, activating superpowers, though I can't say there was a specific one. It might've been be being invisible, but now mm, I would, I love one. being visible. So I would mm. not choose that superpower, but I think somehow that was appealing to me to be able to drop in to rooms and conversations. I was always so curious as a child and still am as an adult. Mm -hmm. I love so much wisdom in that, that you wanted to be invisible as a child, but you love being visible as an adult. Yes. Go ahead, Meredith. Well, I'm curious about the piece of what shifted. Why, in, why invisible to now visible? What shifted? 
you know, I think when I was growing up, things were things were rough. Like I think a, a lot of people that I know at least had some challenges in childhood and my parents divorcing when I was in middle school, entering high school and their relationship having a lot of conflict. And so I think the invisibleness came from just wanting there to be peace and not knowing exactly mm-hmm. what that was I was wishing for, just wanting it to be softer and, and better. And as I got into my young adulthood and went to social work school and and realized we have more, we can heal, we can grow, we can change things for ourselves and really wanting to show up for that in my life and, and be that presence for others. So it started to change and it's not through being invisible. It is through being visible that we heal and really taking up our space and knowing we have a right to be here. Mm. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing I, 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 for me, when I'm working with clients, I often use that phrase being comfortably uncomfortable, like allowing ourselves to be in that space of feeling a little bit uncomfortable with whether that be our own feelings or taking a, a risk in doing something new for the first time. But the amount of growth that comes with that for being able to step into those spaces is really important and so opening. So I, that's what I'm hearing and what you just said. That's what I yeah, reflect. Very back. well, very well said. Yes. Beautiful. Thank you. So You're welcome. I have a big question. Yeah. I know as an interviewer, I'm probably supposed to lead up to this and let it happen in 20 or 30 minutes from now, but I'm so excited to ask it and I hope it's okay. So You speak in your book about wounding and about really looking at what it is that we've been carrying around and and how you can help people to heal that. But there's a larger question that I want to ask about the wounds of communities and the wounds of cities. And is that a thing? And can that be healed, Lisa? Mm. Oh, that's such a wonderful question, Joseph. And I'm going to say yes to just cut to the answer in a a brief way. Yes, things Mm -hmm. can be healed in community and within ourselves. We are a reflection of the community. We're our own cosmos. We're our own solar system is, is what I like liken us to in my book, talking about us repeating people, places, and things in our lives, we have a a habitual pattern that is our daily routine. And I talk about how that pattern is really, we set that frequency, we set those people, places, and things based upon the trajectory of what we believe is true for us. And we can only go as far as our most limiting belief allows Mm, us. So mm. in thinking about your show, permission and, and giving ourselves permission, that's something every day that I wake up with. Like I allow myself, I give myself permission to have the best day of my life, to really Mm. allow the things I want to come to me, to be open to those nuanced inklings and desires and impulses and intuition to just let life come to me. Cause that's been my healing is, is to be less, um, say achievement, less like going out and paving, pounding the pavement and more allowing people, Mm -hmm. places, and things to come to me. For others of you listening, it may be that you might need to take some more action and be more assertive on your own behalf. So we all fall on different sides of that line, so to speak. And I think it's through knowing our areas of vulnerability that the book refers to as core wounding. It is a spectrum from core wounding to like neglect, abandonment, 
severe trauma to areas of vulnerability, not believing in ourselves, harboring judgment and criticisms towards ourselves and up-leveling and changing those things. I wonder what you both think about that. I'll uh, go first. Yes, um, please, so much. What I'm noticing is that in my imagination, our listeners are emphatically nodding their heads in affirmation because we are all on that spectrum. And I want to take a moment and acknowledge you for the work that you're doing because this is tough shit, right? Thank Working you. Yeah, people. it definitely can be when you're in the middle of it. When you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And it's a very brave choice for you to say, to raise your hand and say, I am willing to work with people who are really going through their stuff and to hold space for them and to help them get to the other side. That's incredibly brave. So that's Thank my you. take on it. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. It feels so good to do that. Oh, it's so gratifying to be able to help people and serve them in that way. And it sounds like from what you've alluded to a little bit based off of what we also discussed around the invisibility and the visibility piece, that there's pieces from your own life that you're able to, that you've, I would imagine, have done a lot of work to heal, that you are now able to better serve other people because of that process that you've been through. And so I think that's also important to just note that like, those of us that are serving other people, oftentimes it's because we've experienced something, we've learned from it, and we now know that there is there is more out there. There is, we can move past limiting beliefs. We can wake up every morning and give ourselves permission to take risk. And I, so I love that you, you started with saying, I get to wake up every morning and give myself permission, because I think we don't think about that every morning. We don't go, we don't wake up every morning. We get kind of stuck in our habits and our routines, whether that be getting the kid ready for school or feeding the pets or making ourselves breakfast, but we're not consciously making choices where we're giving ourselves permission to take that space for ourselves, if you will. Cause yeah. sometimes it's so much about other people that we forget that we need to take care of ourselves. And that's so important what you're raising. And it is an awareness you can have as you are doing those things that your day might begin with to have the awareness of I want to allow myself and permit myself to really have everything I want today for things to go well for me. You know, I I meditate each morning. I believe it is one of the very best ways to to just introduce a new day and set the tone of being aware and available. And, and for those of you that you might not find that time in the morning or that's not your best time, definitely at least as you're stepping onto the floor from your bed, in the shower, whatever, you can always have the thought. The universe reads our thoughts. It's not like you have to go make declarations and banners to get the universe's attention. It's an intelligence, <laughs> you know, always present. Like, I mean, yeah, for real. So I think sometimes it's, we need to make it more than what it needs to be. And that prevents us from doing anything. It's really just your thought, a signal. We emanate energy and frequency and it's measured in vibration and the unit of Hertz and our thoughts are, are measured. The vibration of love, 528 Hertz is a frequency that genetic biochemists are using to heal damaged and broken DNA, that the mm -hmm. vibration of love is that powerful. So it really is just emanating certain thought frequencies out into the universe that we're calling back to us and just give yourself permission to try it out for a week, a month and see what starts to show up in your life. 
Beautiful. So you're talking, and oftentimes we talk a lot about the things that um, we can be doing for ourselves, whether that be um, having the awareness, noticing what we notice, like I like to say, um, put meditating and all of those things. I'm also curious about the question of like, what what can we give ourselves permission to let go of? And is there something that you can think of in your own life where you gave yourself permission to let go of something that maybe was a part of your identity um, that maybe in, in, there was a point in your life where it wasn't serving you in the same way anymore. It wasn't, it was no longer in alignment with what you valued. Absolutely. And in my book, I talk about the roles of empathy and self-forgiveness. And the other side of that coin is judgment and criticism. And so really letting go, releasing judgments and criticisms. And it is something I think every day we wake up and we have this conditioning and we're seeing images, hearing things on the news and social media from others that we live with or engage with. So it really is kind of a constant practice of cultivating, permitting, like allowing myself, I'm going to release believing I'm going to be my best self through saying I'm shitty, you know, versus like saying I'm wonderful you know, just to really embrace self-affirmation and affirming, because when we're really able to affirm ourselves and forgive ourselves, we're able to naturally then give that to others, even in circumstances and situations that might have been impossible before, because we're really living in that experience of, of acceptance and allowance. And it really Mm -hmm. creates a whole new energy in your life. Mm -hmm. I wonder if y'all have found that or what, what you both think believe to be true. Um, yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, I think that's one of the gifts of this pandemic is, um, being able to just sit with myself more because I'm not being carried into a gazillion different directions. Like that's how I was living before the pandemic. And it's, mm. um, noticing my own belief system, negative self-talk yes. and then transforming it yes. I think has been a huge gift. And you even know? allowing yourself that that time of introspection to do that because it does take some time to drop into the space that you just brought up, Meredith, and really allowing whatever, if it's laying in bed as you're falling asleep or as you're awakening in the morning to really give yourself that time to be with those thoughts and that experience and awareness of yourself. Absolutely. And, And, you know, for many of us, you know, raising our vibration and trying to heal ourselves, that's not necessarily something that comes up on our things to do list on a daily basis. You know, I mean, it really helps to be surrounded by great podcasts and great books and really high vibration people that bring it to the forefront of, oh yeah, I guess I could work on new thought, or I guess I could work on a meditation practice. And yes, and there's so many aids now. There's there are so many apps that help us to do that. We don't have to reinvent the wheel in these areas. We're so rich with technologies and YouTube and things that you can put on your drive to work, for instance, to really mm-hmm. uplift yourself for a few minutes. So it's accessible information, I think. 
It's just mm-hmm. a matter of you, again, going back to this permission and buying in to I'm going to try this, even if I don't really want to or feel like it. I think people only don't do things because they don't believe it's going mm-hmm. to work. So it's even I gave myself a few years ago, like, I'm going to take 30 days to just try this out, like, you know, this meditation thing every day. And it quickly became so powerful in a positive way that when you just allow yourself again, a trial, like do an experiment with yourself, be it health related, your physical health, like the gym or nutrition or your emotional health, the health digesting, you know, new podcasts or things that do uplift you just to see, do an experiment. I love that. The experiment I think is important. It's that curiosity, opening up the curiosity, you know, or you could, you know, for me, I've always been stubborn as all get out. So if something's trending, I just okay. want to do the opposite. Like if everyone <laughs> is meditating, I'm like, uh, 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 I'm not meditating. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> climb mountains, people. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if, if you do have that resistance, right. Cause it's, it's real resistance is real. And maybe yeah. you're like me where you want to be a vegetarian when everyone's meat eaters. Right. So think about how you, how you show up. And then ask yourself, why am I showing up in that way? And can I live in a place of curiosity? And can this just be an experiment? It doesn't have to be just because you say today that you're a vegetarian. You don't have to stay a vegetarian. No one is making you stay vegetarian. No one is making you sit on a cushion, right? You get to choose that. And I think that's what... um, I just, I think what I'm doing is I'm saying, if you feel resistance, figure out why. Hmm. Ask yourself why. (laughs) So I am not feeling resistance to this. I'm actually super (laughs) excited about it. And that is, Lisa, you bring a lot of astrology into your Mm. healing work. I mean, Chiron, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, C-H-I-R-O-N, the Chiron effect is a planet. And you bring a lot of that into helping people heal their wounds and How did you get involved in that? Sure. And I want to say that. So Chiron is a correct pronunciation for the Bugatti Chiron. The most a a most beautiful car that Bugatti makes is the Chiron and pronounced exactly in the way that you're saying it. When you look at the minor planet slash comet, because it does have two designations in astronomy, it's pronounced Chiron as if the C as if the CH was a K. I loved how you just said, yes, Joseph, you're right in pronouncing that if you're talking about a car. (laughs) I do the Bugatti. It's like a million dollar car. It's beautiful. It's it's like exquisite. So yes, mm-hmm. that does so apply. Tell us how to pronounce it correctly for the planet. One more time. For the planet's Chiron. C H I R O N. The C H is a K. It's so much it's more a- sci-fi sounding. I know it is more sci-fi. <laughs> Absolutely, I hadn't thought that. So it's this. You know, I learned. I I'm. I approach astrology like it's not my wheelhouse of of my profession. It's something, you know, I know my sun sign, like many of you might, or your moon, even your rising sign. Yet I was led to research Chiron, which I had only known as a reference in grad school at Tulane University, having to do with Carl Jung's writing about our collective unconscious and the wounded healer archetype. It didn't really mean much when I kind of heard that while I was meditating as an answer to the question I posed, what is beyond just talking about our problems? Like what is beyond in therapy with clients and my, the own therapy I've been in? Because it gets it gets old just talking at the level of 
problems. Like the mm-hmm. level of cause is something total. The level of solution is different than the level of cause. And just questioning, like, how can I take people beyond their problems and myself? And that's where I heard Chiron and research. And it led me to this astrological placement and our birth chart, again, based on your time of birth, your place of birth will generate Chiron in one of the astrological signs of Aries or Gemini or Scorpio or Pisces, just like your sun is in. And that is what speaks to these 12 areas of vulnerability slash wounding. For instance, Chiron and Aries is core wounding in your sense of value and worth where you might be outwardly very successful, but inwardly you never feel like it's enough and you're always achieving more to try to feel good about yourself. But And even though others really think you're awesome, you quite never feel it inside and how debilitating that is. We mm-hmm. see that a lot with successful people who kill themselves. Like they never somehow felt inside like they're good enough. So these things can manifest in some really you know, unwanted outcomes if we don't really go within to look at what's going on here. And then I offer affirmations and practical takeaway steps that I love practical wisdom, like things you can start doing right now to change these patterns, give yourself permission to try something new. And then over time, you start creating those those choices, those things for yourself, because you're like really vibing at another frequency with new behaviors that are based upon the thoughts that we think. So Mm -hmm. does that clarify what you were asking, Joseph? Absolutely. Yes. Uh, so, so astrology is actually the is the diagnostic point. You you diagnose, you get your Chiron placement, and then the remediation and healing is found through psychology, taking personal responsibility and spirituality, as I lay it out in my book. Oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. And I love how you entered into that as about it's about solutions. Yes. Which I think is so important. We forget about we we do tend to focus more on the problem and, and I love it's more of it that does because you're sitting aligning, in that yes mm-hmm. versus like aligning with the the energy of the solution what are the solutions here it's a whole different like part of your central nervous system your heart isn't as constricted like your body is just more open just like in when a crisis happens and our central nervous system is in fight flight or freeze that really breaks down our ability to connect with the higher mind where solutions reside. So you really want to move yourself to a place of, of peace and openness. And, you know, meditation I talk in my book is a great tool. Being in nature, going on those hikes, you know, really wonderful ways to connect with some other possibilities versus just feeling so stuck. I I have a curiosity yeah. uh, that I've been thinking about, which is when you start doing this work, I would imagine you start to attract different people and different energies into your life. And I would imagine that can be very scary for some people and for some of our listeners who, if they are doing this work and they're listening to what we're saying and they're like nodding their heads up and down saying, yes, this is, this is the work I'm doing. I'm interested. I'm invested in it. But I've noticed that there's a few people that I'm no longer as close with in my life. Yeah. And that can feel really scary, right? 
it can. And you know what I would really suggest for that, because I've experienced some of that as well, and it scared and upset me. And then I realized, you know, we can even change those outcomes, I believe. What if we started pulling from the people in our lives, the best of them, instead of say the worst of them? And it mm. might be a separation at first, even, you know, because people might not get you anymore. Or you might not feel like they're getting you. But what if, again, you start aligning with that solution where I desire closeness with some of the same people in my life? So really, you know, seeking to attract from them the best and the love and like allowing some time to pass. Sometimes people just need some time Mm -hmm. to adjust and grow and go through their own thing. So even what looks like is a separation, we're, we're truly never separated. We're all energy. And so even I have an affirmation. I love love opens all doors, you know, Mm -hmm. send love to open that door between you and them again, Mm -hmm. and really seeking to attract the best from each other and just let you know, time kind of work that out between you and really intend that would be my suggestion Mm -hmm. to have Mm -hmm. that relationship back in a way that, that serves you both for more joy. Beautiful. Mm. Gosh, there's so much gorgeousness in this conversation. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. You're welcome. What I'm curious about is two things, but they're related. So I did a lot of crisis work in my life. I worked in patient psychiatry and did crisis intervention for years. And what I noticed about myself was how important self-care is mm-hmm. as a therapist and as a social worker. So I'm interested in that, like your own self-care practice, but especially in the time of the pandemic. Like, how does that show up in your life of taking care of yourself in a time when we're all going through trauma, right? Everywhere you turn, somebody's experiencing something. And how are you taking care of yourself, my dear? That's a really good question. And and for me, it definitely has had to do with and has to do with turning, getting away from my phone for time every day, meaning like my phone, you know, we access the internet, we access email and social media apps and the news and like putting that down. I have cell phone free time every day where I'm not available and I don't want to be exposing myself. Like I see our, our, our diet being food and, and liquids, but also what we consume electronically, what we mm-hmm. read, what we listen to. And it's our choice. Are we going to be immersed in the news of what is terrible? Or are we going to separate from that and align with things that bring us more peace? There's still a beautiful world outside your door. There's still, like for me in Los Angeles, the beach, in New Orleans, certain parks, like wherever you live, you can go bring yourself to where it feels better to be. You know, nature is still there. And so for me, being out in nature has become more important, taking walks, jogs. I'm big into fitness. I used to be a fitness instructor. So working out became like the most happiest part of my day. And it's play, finding a way to play, you know, really, I think, boundarying ourselves. We have to sometimes stop ourselves more than anyone else. Like, get off your effing phone. Seriously, like put the shit down (laughs) and like get the F outside. Like, you know, like it's so simple, but so important to change how you feel. You know what it's going to say. It's going to say the worst of the worst, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, so go find the best of the best. Like you really have to put your mind in the direction of where you want it to go. And then you start to feel better and find new things that exist just as real as the things that are, you know, causing traumas. I wonder what y'all think about that. So what I'm noticing about what you just said, thank you for all that generosity (laughs) and for taking care of yourself. What I'm noticing is that you're giving us permission to play 
at a time when the world's at crisis. So I think some of us, our listeners are like, how can I play when the world is falling apart? And now is the most important time to play is what I'm learning from you, right? Well, and it's because you can't serve when you're from a place of depletion. You can't become poor enough to help poor people or sick enough to help sick people. You have to really be in a vibration to be of service. And that's a place of, of really like strength and clarity to be like the voice of whatever your profession is or whatever you love to do in your personal life. We have to be full as much as we can to be able to be of any value. So it really is kind of first priority to take care of yourself and, and those you love, you know, by maintaining these higher vibrations of clarity and service. And it's through feeling good that we're available for that. When you're depleted, you can barely do anything. Think about it. You just want to sleep. Yeah. You know, or watch Netflix. And that's good. That can be self-care. Like there's some Dude. great shows out there. So definitely do that too. Like, it's not like all serious. Like I'm talking about really like feeling into what's going to make me happy, regardless of what's going on and mm -hmm. doing that to some degree that you're able to every day. Mm -hmm. And it can be healthy. It doesn't mean you're sitting around eating junk food. I, I did an Instagram live the other day. Like if you're struggling with eating junk food to self-soothe, just stop eating it. I mean, like throw it out of your house, like do whatever you need to do, right. you know, to get it away from you. If that is a weakness. Right. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm, I'm loving this conversation. I love that you asked the question, well, that you brought it up first, Lisa, about play and then expanding upon play, because I think as adults, we tend to forget that we can. We get so wrapped up in our day-to-day -day being parents or our work or being the adulting. I like to call it, yeah. I'm adulting. Uh, and it is just so healing when we can just freaking laugh with each other. Yes. When we can be yeah. goofy, when we don't give a shit, excuse me, yeah. about what other people think. If I, totally. you know, I embarrass the hell out of my daughter, but I like hope that I'm modeling something that when she's an adult... She can be goofy too with her kids yes. if she chooses to have them, right? Like, Yes, I love that. Yeah, it's so important. It's so important. And sometimes I have to go, oh my God, why am I taking myself so seriously right now? Me like, too. And I've been really asking, like, stop it. You don't, and just to laugh, like you said, it's so important. And I think we really have to create those opportunities in our life each day because it can get so heavy. So really to look for ways to laugh. Yes, Yes, hundred percent. Oh, I think gosh. I've said hundred percent three times now. We both are. Yeah. Wow. That's how we met. How oh we my met. gosh, that's amazing. And Crazy that's how pants. we run this show. You may have noticed. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Mm -hmm. No, we're very structured. We sent Lisa all of our questions before mm -hmm. the show, and she's Every been memorizing them for the past month. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been you did so a really great job in sharing so much with our listeners, but I'm wondering if there was one thing that you could give our listeners, one takeaway, one practical step, as you mentioned earlier, that they could take to heal some of their own wounds, because we're all the walking wounded, right? So is mm -hmm. there one thing that they could do other than reading your book? What can we do? What, what has come to mind for me around that, Joseph, is really to, to try to feel into the awareness of how you are, you are so loved mm -hmm. and how things actually are going better than what they look like, both in your own personal life and in the collective at large, and really ask to be shown that in the unique ways that you will know. You know, 
however that manifests in your daily life. I ask to be given signs and awarenesses, like show me, show me, show me how loved I am. And just start to notice, you know, what conversations like strangers saying things to you will begin to happen even that are like, what? Like that are really kind and loving. And, you know, then it causes me to want to be that to others. And, you know, so I think just notice kind of the cycle available of, of tapping into how loved you are and how important you are. I think everyone really needs to know their value and worth and it's not performance-based. It's just innate that you're so important. So to, to try to find that for yourself. Hmm. Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you both. Oh my goodness. And Lisa, one word to describe your experience over the last 45 minutes together. What's one word to describe this? I'm thinking like luscious, luxurious Mm. this time with you all. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Meredith, same question. I wish that I had thought of the word luscious first. (laughs) (laughs) I love that word. You Uh, can have it. Can can I have it? I'm stealing your word. You can have Mm -hmm. it. Okay. Luscious. It's an L day because my word is absolutely love. Because I Mm, love the idea of going out and finding examples, finding the energy of love and how that shows up in our life. Incredible. Mm. Thank you. Uh, wonderful meeting you. And I, you look, forward, too. I look forward to uh, getting to know you even better. So thank you for taking this time. You're welcome. So, I would love that as well. Beautiful. Listeners, you can thank connect you. with Lisa at NOLA Therapy, N-O-L-A. That stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles, N-O-L-A Therapy.com. And where can we find your book? You know, it's available everywhere. It's actually in Barnes and Noble brick and mortars. It's available at walmart.com on Amazon. And even if you shop local, if you have a favorite local bookstore, go in and give them my book title and name and they can order it so you can support the local bookstores. Like I love Blue Cypress Books in New Orleans and Mystic Journey in Los Angeles. So they can actually order it for you if you don't want to shop at the bigger places. Great. I love that option. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. All right. You're a doll. Thank you for the work. Thank you. Bye, y'all. Have the best day. Bye. We want to thank you for listening to this episode of Are You Waiting for Permission? If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. We would sure appreciate it. Also, we want to give a special shout out to Amy Shelley and Gary Grandi of High Fiction for letting us use their music in this podcast. All right, my friends, until next week, bye.